Good morning. It is Friday. Friday. <laughs> Friday, May 8th. And this is EMAC Podcast and Coffee. We have, um, I'm going to, before I forget, I'm going to start out right away and thank Ming Chen from a shared podcast universe for putting this together, being on the boards in the background for us today, because they seem to forget him when he's not sitting physically in the room with me. And then our co-host, Tim Davis from Intercounty Mortgage, and our special guest today is my friend Sue Montero from Covenant House, New Jersey. And we are excited to have you. You were going to be on our podcast earlier when you were talking about sleepouts and everything, and then um, the world changed, as we all know. So we had to wait a little week, to, a little while to fig- wait to have you on until we figured out when somebody's got their volume on in the background. There we go. Um, so when you figured out how to do all this fundraising virtually, so we're going to talk about that. Yep. But first, Tim and I have to cover a little chamber business. Tim, do you yes. want to tell everybody about our new exciting plan for Tuesday? So we've been doing a whole lot of stuff since this whole situation started. And we've done stuff and gone to places and exposed ourselves to so many. I can't hear you. I didn't say anything. Oh, sorry. You're on delay on the other screen. <laughs> yeah, don't look at the other screen. <laughs> I'm trying to get this shared. So, so you guys have to understand, like, podcasting in a studio when you're sitting there face-to-face, you feel uh, everything's great. And then you have to monitor the Facebook Live, which is on a delay. So on one screen, you're seeing yourselves talk, and then on the other screen, you're seeing yourselves talk, which you said crazy. So it's always challenging. So go ahead, Tim. Sorry. Give me two seconds. There we go. Okay. I'm just trying to get this shared onto my uh, my Facebook as well. you got to love the text. The tech. The tech. <laughs> the tech. So but, but we've been doing a whole bunch of other stuff that, that really has been important to the business owners. And, you know, when in, when this first started off as like an emerging, an emerging situation, we reacted really well and did a lot of good things. But now two months into this, we realized that a lot of the people that come to our chamber are looking to grow their businesses by meeting face-to-face. And that's what we've done very, very successfully for the last 90 years. That kind of stopped. And now we're trying to figure out how to make that start again. How do we start networking? How do we start connecting again? So everybody's done webinars and everybody's done all kinds of different things, but nobody's showing us how to connect to our referral partners, to our customers, And that's what we're going to try to do on Tuesday. So we're having a happy hour. We're going to let everybody make a presentation of their business for 50 seconds or their elevator. It's 30. It's 60. 60. Okay. It says 30 on our flyer. So yeah, you can talk for a whole whopping minute now. And trust me, it goes when you're sitting here and not standing in front of a crowd, it goes so much faster and so much better. And you have a chance to rehearse. And if you want, you just throw a video up instead, and you can rehearse and do the whole thing. So we're gonna whoever joins that that call on at five o'clock on Tuesday will be able to give their elevator speech. And then, as you're listening to those elevator speeches, you can request the moderator, whoever's going to be working the board, actually, if you want to be in a breakout room with that person. Because after we all do our elevator speeches, 
we're going to go into a breakout room and we're going to do another networking activity inside that room with four or five people. We're going to get a nice, close contact with people virtually and be, really be able to make a connection with somebody. It really works and really come join us. So, and you just said no video, but I believe we're doing it with video unless people don't want to put their video on. No, I think I said uh, we are definitely doing definitely with video because we got to see each other's faces. Yeah, that's the whole point. That's the whole point. Yeah. So yeah, so we have we've been doing our EMAC connections twice a week, where we've had various speakers on with their subject matter and experts in their fields, and um, and it's been great. But we've also noticed people are getting now. There's there's so many new words now. There's Zoom fatigue. So people and webinar fatigue, and people are doing it all the time. So we are going to our. We're going to do them once a week on Wednesday mornings at nine. So starting, we still have our Monday at 1130 this week, uh, this coming Monday with Tom Duffy. And then Tuesday nights, our first um, networking happy hour. And then the following week, we'll have Tuesday night networking hour. And um, then we'll, at, which is at five o'clock on Tuesdays. And then on Wednesday, the 20th, we will have our next EMAC connections guest. So um, we're going to switch it up and do things a little differently. You know, it's times are changing and we have to change with the times and nobody ever wrote a book on how to do this. So we're just uh, making it up as we go. And so far, I think we've done a pretty good job. We have. We've done a lot on our website to um, incorporate um, and bring in people and have information available for people within the chamber and without the chamber to become a resource for anybody out there. We have um, constant news, news feeds, updates, um, a whole news page. We are working on putting out a hot deals and member to member deals page. So if you are have any special, it doesn't have to be a deal. If you're doing something differently than what you've done before, you can advertise it there at no cost. Um, that's for members. And then we are, we have a job, we're going to have job postings going forward. Um, we do have a job available from one of our new members um, posted uh, just not as easy to find. So if you have any questions about that, you can reach out to me. Um, and we're going to eventually have a market space where um, Tim and I have been talking about it for a long time, having products with our logos on it to sell. Um, so we're going to have a market space to be able to do that. That's also where people will be able to purchase their marketing packages. Yay. Yeah. So we've been working on our marketing packages. Um, we figured at this point, some people have had to cut budgets in their businesses and let their marketing departments go. Um, that's usually one of the first budgets to cut or in smaller businesses, you don't have it. Um, so Emacs trying to be your partner with that. We have a lot of opportunities for um, members to work with us, to take advantage of our marketing, marketing with us, co-branding, um, right? To, that's Tim's, Tim's thing is co-branding. So working on working with us co-what co co-oping co-oping yeah so pretty much working with us to take the power you know you can always buy more in bulk so when there's a bunch of us working together getting getting things purchasing some different type of advertising in bulk um with members and stuff like that so it's all growing we're not sitting on our laurels doing nothing um my brain sometimes is but we're physically getting <laughs> stuff done <laughs> Uh, so we are moving. We're moving forward in so many yeah. different ways, in so many exciting ways. We still have our uh, emerging, uh, our next generation group, which uh, you know they're still very active in, in uh, 
once we get this up and going, we'll get get some type of a product going for them. Um, our breakfasts are going to come out coming back. We are going to figure this out. I mean, the book is written. Now we just got to read it. Um, and then we're also writing it. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, we're writing it. Um, we're writing it. So we are figuring it out. This is going to be around for the next year or so. And we're going to be there. We're going to be there to support you in your business to help you move forward. Um, if you have questions, if you've got things that you're just having trouble figuring out, reach out to us. We're here all the time. Um, email director at emac.org. And, you know, let us know what the questions are. We might not have the answers, but guess what? We've got a huge network of people that we can talk to. We reach out and try to find some solutions for you. We have um, contacts with our governmental uh, equivalents throughout our, our footprint. If you need to, if you're not getting results through the town, reach out to us because that is part of our mission is to be the liaison into our, our governmental from our business uh, partners. So utilize us. We're here. We're active. We want to make this work. A lot of people who might be furloughed are looking for something to do for those people that are struggling to figure it out. All the money that's going on, definitely reach out. We've got a lot of bankers we can reach out and help put you in touch with a, a banker or we have access to, you know, for quick questions where you might not be able to. A lot of business owners are going to realize right now that these relationships that might not have been so valuable six months ago are greatly valuable. So we've got to stop going to the national brands and, and re-engage our local business leaders because they're the ones that are you're going to have access to without having to sit on hold for four hours. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, they're still going to do the same job, but you know what? You say, Chris Ryan, I need some insurance, you know, advice. I'm right here. He's here in your community and he's here to help. And those are the people that we are here. And a lot of the times the money's going to be even cheaper. So reach out to us and let help us, let us help you help. Whatever I'm trying to say. Yeah, I know what you're trying to say. I hope yeah. everybody else does too. Um, one of the things that I've noticed and had to remember, Sue, I know this is very quiet for you, but we do bring you in, I promise. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm very excited. I actually... You're what? Your dog's entertaining you? Yeah. yeah. It's just like the kids. You know, the minute you're on the phone, they need you. The dog uh -huh. has to be right there. As Cody, as I say, as Cody makes a daily appearance in my Zoom meetings on my pillows. Um, so one of the things that I've realized and I'm starting to reset my mind is, you know, we all went into crisis mode. Um, Karen Jeffrey from Voyagers said it really well, and she was referring to the kids in school, but it applies to us too. Somebody pulled the fire alarm and said, get out and go in shelter in place. And so everybody did. And then there was nothing as to what to do with that afterwards. Um, so it, you know, it's scary and it's weird. So we all did that and we waited and we waited and we waited to go back to what we knew. And now we're realizing that's not happening. And right. on the news, we're hearing the incredible impact on essential workers. And then we're hearing about the incredible impact of, you know, the essential workers being so busy and constantly out there. Then we're hearing about the impact on retail where people have literally had to stop doing business. But there's a whole bunch of people who are still working. They're just not working the same way we were working before. Right. Everybody's working from home. It's remote. You've kind of lost your contact. You've kind of had to figure it out. But there are people still working. There's business that still needs to be done. And, um, you know, and it goes on. So, you know, granted, the country's in a physical, physical, 
right? Is that how you say it instead of physical? Fiscal um, crisis. But, um, you know, but there are still businesses that are doing work, making money, selling items you need, um, services you need, um, and you can still purchase those things. So keep that in mind. Um, I know a lot of people are being very generous with their pricing, but you can still earn a living and you can still run your business during, during this time. So, Tim, you mentioned our ENG group. And, yeah. uh, you know, I know we've talked about them in the past. That's um, ENG is short for Emacs Next Generation. So um, the, the people who are moving up in their careers, um, not as experienced as some of us in our later years of careers, but some people who are in a second career. So it's not an age limit. It's a mindset and a where you are in your in your career being involved with this group. Um, that being said, we do have two phenomenal young professional leaders on that team, Courtney Alessi and Brian Puzo from Wells Fargo. Um, and what makes that important is they've, the, the job that they've been doing with theirs is um, they're still getting off the ground, but when they have an event, it's always community or fundraising related. So they have chosen to um, put together a team to sleep out for Covenant House. Now they did this before you couldn't gather in a large group sleeping out. <laughs> so Emacs, they had an event on March 10th um, and raised, we, uh, raised money that then went to their team um, fee for the sleeping out. Um, and they've been raising money. And so I think, Sue, let's start with the sleep out especially for Asbury Park and talk a little bit about the Asbury Park program and what the sleep out is. And then we'll go into some more Covenant House stuff, I think. Well, let's start, well, let's start with what is Covenant House? Why are you so important? What is, what, you know, you're right here in my community and I, I consider you one of the most valuable programs in our community for, uh, well, tell us more about what Covenant House is. I know it's in the news and there's all kinds of stuff, but let's start there. Sure. So Covenant House was started uh, over 40 years ago in New York City, and the idea behind it was to provide shelter for teenage kids, 18 to 21 years old, that age group that kind of got forgotten uh, because they weren't adults yet, but yet they were no longer minors and they were kind of, you know, there was a huge gap. Um, it started in New York City. It has now expanded internationally. Here in New Jersey, we have our own chapter. Uh, so we have Covenant House, New Jersey, which is headquartered out of Newark. That's where we have our main crisis center, where we sleep 45 young people. Then we have our next crisis center in Atlantic City. Um, and then we have different programs in Montclair, Elizabeth, and Asbury Park. What started out as a shelter is now so much more. I mean, when these kids come into Covenant House, we become their family. We provide them not only a place to sleep, but we give them three meals a day. We provide them with education, job training, resilience, uh, mindful care, uh, basically everything that they need to come out of the situation that they were in and move forward in a positive manner. Uh, so we're really, I absolutely love Covenant House. I mean, I've been with the organization now for six and a half years. Uh, and what's your role with them? I'm in the development team. So I was brought on to manage the fundraising for Asbury Park. 
It was a brand new location. We had just started out with an outreach center. And over the years, we got a lot of support locally in Monmouth and Ocean Counties. And we have been able to open a men's shelter, which is not really a shelter. It's a right to passage program in Asbury Park that opened in 2018, houses five young men. And then a year later, we opened a women's uh, house for five young ladies right next door to each other. The chamber actually helped us with decorating the girls' house when the time came right before they moved in. Uh, the chamber adopted one of the bedrooms and you made it look really pretty. Um, the girl who lives there, she absolutely loves it. Um, I got to meet her. It was awesome because she did. She was like, I was when I was meeting the girls, I'm like, so which bedroom are you in trying to find out? And then what I thought was really interesting is I didn't know the process that they actually get to look around and decide and choose. So they get to choose. It's hard to decorate a room when you don't know personality. So they get to and when you have different people doing a room, they uh, they they get to choose based on their personality. So it's really cool. It was very fun. Yeah. So we now have two homes in Asbury Park, one with five uh, men, one with five girls. And the program there, it's not so much a crisis center where they come in, they're in crisis and they need, you know, all of that care, wraparound care that the kids in Newark or Atlantic City need. These are typically young people who either have jobs in the community or are working towards their education, uh, but they're in a better place where they can be semi-independent. So, so Sue, how yeah. long, so in the crisis center, how long would somebody stay in that center? Technically, in New Jersey, they can stay uh, until they're ready to move on to the next step or until they turn 21. And in the crisis goal, center? In the crisis center. So the okay. goal for the staff is to help these kids move through as fast as possible. So when a kid comes in, they develop a case plan and go, they set goals, and these kids are working towards their goals. So this um, isn't this isn't stop in, get a meal, and in a bed. You're no. taking on, well, not taking on. You're partnering with these kids to create a life for them. Absolutely. Wow. And it's a choice program. So these kids are coming in because they want to be there. So it's not mandatory. Nobody can tell them you have to go to Covenant House. It's a choice program. So these are kids who really need. Um, this program to, to, to better themselves, to, to get out of the situation that they're in. Um, and it's pretty successful. I mean, we, we've seen a lot of kids throughout the years. We have a lot of kids that come back and now they're in their 30s and they have their own families. And at Christmas, we do these big uh, Christmas parties at the crisis centers and they kind of come back to see the staff again. And it, it's really, it's special, really special. Uh, so we're happy to have this place in Asbury Park, and we're happy that we've had such a community that welcomed us and really wrapped their arms around us and made it so special for us and for the kids that we've taken in. Um, Can you tell the story? I love this because um, because Asbury Park is our backyard. I mean, and it's an inter. Why Asbury Park in an international company? So can you tell that story? Because it involves our famous friend that we love so much and his amazing yeah. So for those that don't know, uh, the president and CEO of, Kev um, of Covenant House is Kevin Ryan, and he's a Monmouth County resident. Him and his family, they're from Monmouth County, and they had 
a really strong connection to that community. Um, when Kevin became the president of Covenant House, he, he knew that there was a need locally in Asbury Park, Neptune, in that area. So he really kind of led the, he had the energy behind it. He led that group to really come together and start the initial planning stages of, okay, what do we need to make this happen? Um, and their first meeting was at his house in his living room. Uh, a lot of those people are still connected to the local program at this point. Now we're like, like 10 years later. Uh, they're still involved and they're still making sure that the kids are cared for. But it was all led by Kevin. I mean, it was his dream to make sure that we had something locally for these kids. Um, and, you know, the reality is when I was hired, I, in my mind, because I'm not from Monmouth County, I thought, really? We have a need like that in that area? Um, and sure enough, once we, once I came in and once the program kicked in, the numbers of kids that were coming up to Newark into Atlantic City were unbelievable. I mean, we had, you know, 15 kids in a period of six months who came into our programs. Uh, and that's when we started realizing that there were more kids who needed the assistance, but they were afraid to go to Newark or to Atlantic City. They, the idea of leaving their small community uh, and moving into a crisis center in, in a large city was just terrifying to them. So the team, the staff at Covenant House was kind of trying to figure out other ways to keep these kids safe in their local communities. Uh, but they, they identified the need to have housing locally. And that's how the whole thing kind of developed into creating partnerships with interfaith neighbors and with other organizations to make sure that we could have housing here locally so that these kids didn't have to worry about going to Newark or to Atlantic City. They had a local place. But, yep, we owe it all to Kevin. I think it's just a fun story. Um, so uh, Brian Pozo joined us on Facebook, so he's he's listening in. So you want to talk about the sleep out for Asbury Park? Sure. So the sleep out was actually meant to happen next week, May 15th. That was the date that we all had on the books. Um, we were planning to have 100 people come together at Trinity Church in Asbury Park. And we would have staff and kids and everybody would kind of spend the evening together and then sleep out in the parking lot and kind of get to experience what being homeless would be like for a night. Um, a few months ago, the whole thing kind of came apart. Um, we didn't know what we were going to do, but we, you know, when this whole thing kind of exploded, we only had nine people signed up to sleep out. Brian was one of them. Uh, Courtney was another of those nine that were registered to participate. Um, and we kind of started thinking, okay, what do we do? Uh, we have to have a sleep out because we need the funding. So Covenant House, in order to keep the doors open and the program running, we were counting on the funding from this event. So we said, okay, it has to happen. And what is the last possible date that we can make this work? So we're going with the last Friday of June because that's the last date for our fiscal year. Um, so we moved the event to June 26th. It's going to be a virtual event as of right now. Well, it is. It's going to be a virtual event. So it's going to be held through um, a separate platform on, on our website, on the Covenant House New Jersey website. 
We have a program that we're going to put together through Zoom. We're going to, still going to have the kids, the staff, the inspirational messages. We're going to try to bring all of that together. But then at the end of the programming, everyone is kind of going to find a spot to sleep in their own home. Um, in their own home? In their own home. In their own home. You, could sleep, you could sleep on your driveway and be homeless in your driveway. You could sleep sure. on the floor instead of your bed. Yeah, people have gotten, we, we did one like this in Camden uh, because it was scheduled for March and we were kind of trying to figure things out at that point. And they had a large number of participants already signed up. So we did that one virtually and people got really creative. They slept on their porch, they slept in their cars, they slept you know, in the driveway, in the backyard. And then the next morning, everybody kind of comes together and shares their stories again um, on a Zoom call their reflections for the evening. Uh, my hope is that by end of June, if we have small groups that are signing up, so a team like if the ENG team, if they work, if they're close to get, you know, in proximity and if they want to come together to do a sleep out together, they might be able to do this in, in their small group. Um, but of Sleeping course, six feet apart. Whatever the restrictions are at that point, I mean, we really don't know. It's right. every day is something new, uh, but it's far away enough that we can really plan for it, make it really special, give everyone enough time to fundraise and get comfortable with the with the idea behind it, um, and it's going for a really great cause. I mean, we we need to keep these programs running. So we're really happy that Brian and Courtney are sticking in there. Uh, they've raised close to $1,000 already, so we're really excited about that. Uh, they, we now, since we had announced that we were going virtual, we now have 23 people signed up to sleep out. So the numbers are growing. Awesome. About 24. Huh? Oh, Tim just registered. Woohoo! <laughs> now, did you join the uh, chamber team? Yeah, I'm going to join with uh, Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> And we'll do a we'll do a sleep out here at Locust Park in Asbury Park. Um, it's right on the corner, and we'll uh, we'll get some uh, some people here. That's great. We'll That's that. really wonderful. It's, I'm I mean, putting up the link on our website right now to direct to uh, donate directly to our ENG team for your sleep out. Great. So, um, and you know, this whole thing got started three years ago with the the idea of a community sleep out. Uh, it was to bring the community together to meet the kids, understand what we're doing, and that that power of community. Uh, we're hoping to still be able to do the same thing, only virtually. So the more people that join, the better. We're we're excited about it. Great. Well, Tim and I are both typing, so why don't you start talking about um, other things? Other things like sure. yeah, like maybe something that might be coming up a lot sooner. Yeah. Or other sleep outs in other places if people are interested in doing that. Sure. So like most nonprofits. Yeah. <laughs> a few things on your list. A few things. So yeah, so like most nonprofits, uh, when this thing hit, we really, everybody started struggling with the events that they had coming up in the, you know, the next few months. Covenant House had a lot of events scheduled for the spring time. We had a number of student sleep outs and these are different schools where the, the students come together and they form a sleep out. We had a number of them scheduled and they all had to be canceled. 
So a few of those schools are actually doing their own virtual sleep out, uh, but the numbers are a lot lower than we originally were planning for. Um, then we had a women's sleep out scheduled for April 17th. And at that point we said, okay, let's move it to the end of May. And by then things will be a little bit better and we'll see what happens. Well, the May 29th event, it's a women's sleep out and that is also a virtual sleep out. Uh, that one usually happened in our parking lot up in Newark this year. It will not happen there. Uh, but we have about 50 women that are signed up. We're hoping to get another 25, hopefully, to register between now and May 29. Um, the event originally had a goal of $300,000. We realized that there's no way that we're going to get to that point. So we're readjusting our goals to be a little more realistic with what's going on in the environment. But for the women out there, if they're looking for an evening where women come together, women, you know, togetherness and caring for kids who really don't have families or moms, um, you know, in their court, uh, that's a great event to participate in. Um, again, it's going to be done through the Zoom system and everybody's going to be together. Um, it, it's a cool event and I'm, I'm hoping Jen can also put up the link to that one. Um, but that one is May 29th. Now, which that's the, yeah, that's the Women Unite Sleep Out on May 29th. I think Ming's going to post that one for us. Awesome. Now, the cool event that's coming up that I really uh, am really excited about. Every year, Covenant House, New Jersey holds a night of a, uh, a night of Broadway. Oh my God, Covenant House, New Jersey night of Broadway stars, and it's held at NJ Pack in Newark. We get about 800 people that come together that evening. Uh, there's Broadway performers. Our kids get to perform on stage, and it's a magnificent show. That was scheduled for June 11th. Um, like us, many of the other Covenant Houses, including in New York, they knew that they weren't going to be able to do this. Nobody was going to come together for a Broadway show. So we started talking with headquarters and they have now put together a Covenant House night of, it's a, oh my goodness, I'm having a real night. Of, ready? Night of Covenant, of Covenant House, House Stars. Yeah, we changed the name, Night of Covenant House Stars. And it will be on May 18th, which is Monday night at eight o'clock. People will be able to watch the show from the comfort of their own home. And it's going to benefit um, Covenant House headquarters and a number of other sites that are participating that night. The star power is amazing. I mean, because we're doing this virtually, we have names like Dolly Parton, Diane Keating, um, Meryl Streep is, is signed on to do this. And for uh, those of you who like Broadway, there's Audra McDonald, yeah. right? Yeah, and then our very own Bon Jovi will be on there too. So it's really, it's going to be an amazing show. Really cool. We're really excited to, to get the final details because they haven't been really put out yet. Um, but the idea is the show will start at 8 p.m. People will be able to watch it in a number of ways. So I know it's going to be streaming live on Facebook. So I recommend that everyone... Sign on Facebook and like the Covenant House New Jersey Facebook page because we're going to be announcing it on there uh, probably multiple times between now and the 18th. 
but our Covenant House New Jersey Facebook. Um, it will also be on our New Jersey website, which is covenanthousenj.org. All the information is on there for the show. Um, but you'll be able to watch it on different streaming, de not devices, different streaming platforms. Platforms. Thank you. Um, and it's really, it's going to be amazing. Um, we are, you know, New Jersey locally, this event raises $1.3 million for us, which is a really large number. Uh, so we, once we knew what we were doing, we continued, we went out to our past sponsors, we reached out to them. Uh, we had a board member who was so generous to make us a, a substantial donation that would be used as a match incentive. So it helped us to really bring in a lot of funds and sponsorships this year because he's matching them. Um, and we're, we're excited to see where we'll end up once this event is over. Uh, one thing that we're trying to do is if, you know, people who want to donate to this event, if they go on our website and donate on our website prior to the event, um, it helps us with the fact that you can go in there and put a little note that's a, that says you want to direct your funds to Asbury Park. Uh, because on our website, there, you have that opportunity to say, you have to put a little note of where you want your funds to go. You can put down that you want them to go to Asbury Park, which is which is pretty cool. But there will be other ways to give during the show while it's all going on. Um, but it's going to be phenomenal. I encourage everybody, you know, put that on your calendar, May 18th, 8 p.m. Just block it out and wait to find out how you can watch because it's going to be great. I can't. I'm so... Um, I can't wait to see this on TV because being, it's going to be different, obviously, than being there, being there, the excitement, the opportunity you have to actually speak with the Broadway stars that perform in person that come out after to greet the crowd, the entertainment, the auction items. Um, you know, last year when I was there, I think I got auction items to take my daughter and two friends to see, oh, who's that really cute guy? Is it Bruno Mars? No, he's young. Young, the young guy. Sean Mendes. Yes, Sean Mendes. The screaming volume. See, I can't hear since then or remember anything. But, you know, so I was able to bid on some amazing things. And it's for the last two or three years, it's been something our family of four has, like, just loved to do. Um, so I'm excited to be able to sit with them and experience it on TV, even though we won't be able to buy fun things. But we're going to just, we're just going to give all the money we would have spent that night directly to Covenant House. So, you know. We're so what we, what we did, because we couldn't do an auction, uh, we're doing a fund a need. And the, the whole campaign is on our website under the Night of Broadway Stars. Uh, and it's fund a need. $100 will do this. $500 will do that. And people can kind of go in there and make a donation to, to help, help support our kids that way. Um, and we'll see what happens, but we're, we're really excited about it. I mean, we're, we're excited about how the organization as a whole has been able to kind of come together and work together to make things happen uh, nationally. We're excited about our local New Jersey team who's been, we, I mean, everyone has just stepped up. Our grants department has really kicked it up a notch. I mean, they are reaching out to everyone they can think of for, for grants to support us at this time. Um, our events coordinator, I mean, right now there aren't many events that we can coordinate because we're not, 
you know, blowing up balloons and putting things together. So she's had to take on this whole new role of figuring out how to work with uh, purchasing rights to music and all of that crazy stuff. Um, so it's, it's amazing to see how this is changing people and helping us develop new skills and really work together and do these Zoom calls, which Jen knows the first time we talked about doing this, I was like, there is no way you're getting me on a Zoom call. And, you know, two months later, we've done so many that it's like, right, okay. It's like second nature now. Um, yeah. So the, um, can, we had a call. So, so for those of you that don't know, um, Tim lives very close to where the, you know, he said it's in his neighborhood. I've been on the board now for, I don't know, the Asbury Park board for two or three years. Um, and my involvement was started in some, one of the other program board ma members calling me and saying, I know you have connections to some kids that can sing. We do this Night of Future Broadway Star, Future Broadway Stars for Monmouth County, which we haven't been able to do in the last couple of years. It's a big undertaking. But my daughter, Jamie Lynn, had performed two years. Um, and she was the highest fundraiser one year. So she was able to actually sing with a Broadway star on stage. So my involvement in this started really early. Um, but it was really just so my kid could sing, not knowing really what Covenant House was about. And then through her and her meeting the kids that night, she became so impassioned about helping Covenant House and realizing that these are kids that live, you know, they're only a few years older than her that have such a different lifestyle than she has, but they're just people and they're awesome and they like music and they're like her. Um, so I became more and more involved. And um, one of the things that, you know, I think about it mostly from the fundraising, but we had that awesome call with everybody hearing about what's actually going on during the time of COVID in the homes. Yeah. Like, you know, you've got, you know, we all know what it's like managing our own lives that have been turned upside down, but you're managing lives of people who, you know, don't have as much confidence and love and support systems that you are that and their whole lives have changed as well. So can you talk a little bit about what Covenant House is doing, you know, physically to, with, the, with the kids? Yeah, so right um, mid-March, Jim White, who's our executive director, and anyone who meets Jim will absolutely love him. Uh, he's one of the most committed people to this cause that I've ever met. Um, Jim made the decision that if you're not an essential employee, if you don't need to be in the building, you shouldn't be in the building. Uh, so mid-March, uh, a lot of us, so anyone who was on the development team or administrative side, everyone started working from home. Um, and they right away took to looking at the buildings and assessing, okay, these kids are sharing. We have five kids in a room in Newark. So at the, at the crisis center, five kids in a bedroom. So if one kid gets sick, what do we do? We have to isolate them. So they right away started looking at the space and they came up with classrooms and converted them into, into bedrooms and spaces where these kids could be alone and cared for. Sadly, maybe two weeks into this whole thing, we had two kids who got sick and they had to go into isolation. Um, you know, Jim was right on top of it. He made sure that these kids had a TV in their space, that they had uh, laptops that they could use for whatever they needed, that they had everything they needed to spend their 24 hours of isolation um, and not lose their minds. 
Um, you know, the, the staff was there for them. The staff would make sure to check in on them and all of that. But still, these kids were alone for majority of the time. It took about a week to get the test results back. So the, the two kids got tested. It took us about a week to get the test results back. Thank God they were all they were negative. So they were able to go back to life with the other young people. Uh, but then at that same time, it became mandatory that everyone in shelters wear masks because they're all together. So now everybody needs to wear a mask. So now we're not only telling our young people, you have to stay inside. You can't go out to the local store. You know, the good thing was that in Newark, everything shut down very soon. Like the mayor of Newark really shut down the city. So the kids didn't have a lot of places to go anyway. Um, but getting it in their minds that they couldn't be walking around the streets, that they had to be inside, that they couldn't be sitting right next to each other, that they had to kind of maintain that six-foot rule, uh, it was really difficult. And the staff that was there with them, they were amazing. I mean, they've done an incredible job to keep the kids sane and, you know, keep them engaged and excited and active um, while keeping everybody safe. To date, in the state of New Jersey, no one's been sick. Like, no one's come down with, with the virus. That's amazing. That is amazing. Um, but the one thing that did happen was when the city came in to test those two young people, they kind of locked us down. They said, you're not allowed to take any more young people. So oh, no. in, so for, I think, three, I, I can think of it track of time, but maybe for three weeks, we had a closed intake. We couldn't take on anybody new. Uh, those restrictions were lifted last week. So we're now starting to go through the process of bringing in uh, new young people who need a place to stay. City of Newark is launching a, uh, a program where everyone in shelters is going to get tested. So they're doing kind of a rapid test, takes like one or two days to get the results back. But all of our young people and all of the staff that's working in the shelter, they're all going to get tested. And that's really going to help to make sure that we can continue to provide the best service to everybody. Are you going to be able to test those new new income? Yep. So the okay. idea then is that everybody that's coming in will be getting tested. And, um, you know, me as a staff member, I, I haven't been into the building since March 13th. Uh, because you know, I don't need to go and I shouldn't be going in. Uh, so we're really trying to keep everybody out to keep it as safe of a place as possible. Um, you know, right away we started, we got masks, we got hand sanitizer, we got special cleaning crews to come into all, to our shelters and make sure that everything was being disinfected on a regular basis. Um, we really, we, gym it was it was really it was all Jim. Um, he really took the initiative to make sure that we were doing everything we could possibly do to keep these kids safe and the environment safe for not not just the kids, but also for the staff that's working those front lines. You know, I wanted to say one of the things that Jim said that just impressed me about Jim and Covenant House, you know, was all of that that you had to quickly think and do. But he also, I believe, raised the salaries of the essential workers because yep. they were putting their lives on the line every day to go to work. And, you know, at a time when you can't raise money and meet your budgets, but to be able to know what the important thing is just touches my heart. Um, that, that, that forethought is awesome. 
Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So what are our kids in Asbury Park doing? Because I know when I met with them, um, they were at school, they were going to work, they were, you know, and a lot of them work, you know, and one of the girls I know was at um, ACI, which is one of our members, which does um, medical accreditation for, um, they learn dental tech, med tech, nursing, um, medical transcription, all sorts of stuff and get certified. So I know the school was trying to get them out into the workforce as soon as possible. But um, the, you know, so what are you guys, what happened in the smaller houses in Asbury Park? Yep. So when this happened, um, we had, so we have the two houses, the boys house had two boys in them. So there were two boys living there. Uh, within the first two weeks, we went down to one boy. So that one boy that's living at the house, uh, he's going to work every day. So he has a job. He has not lost his job. Uh, he's going to work every day. He's isolating when he comes home because the only other person there is a staff member. Uh, so he's doing really well and he's staying on track to get his things, his life in order. Um, he was, however, back in February planning to move out within the next month or two, uh, we had to extend, extend his stay. So he's not going anywhere for a while. Um, so that's the boy's house. I did find out yesterday that we have three young men that are now being interviewed to come in to live there uh, because we lifted the restrictions. We're now looking at kids who were you know, on the list. And uh, hopefully by next week, we'll have four young men living in the house. Right. And I don't know what their situation is. So let me ask you one question about that. So, you know, the rooms are decorated. The rooms are in the houses. Each each person living in the house has their own bedroom and own bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they were first built, they were decorated. All the linens, the bathroom, everything like that. The kids get to take a lot of that with them when they leave. So is there a way? Are you looking for help with the rooms for the new people? I believe that in this case, everything was like, everything is still there. Okay. And we, did, we just got a, uh, a big donation of bath towels. Okay. Up in, right. you know, for New Jersey. So we're, okay. uh, I think we're all set. Uh, okay. But we're excited to be bringing new people into, into the house. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So then the girl's house, we have five young ladies. Uh, two of them are still working. I believe they work in the uh, food industry. Mm-hmm. So I, they're still going to work. Um, one of them was in the process of completing her medical training or medical technician training. She finished. She actually, she's done with it. Um, but I believe now she's waiting to get a job. Uh, she, everything's on hold for her. And then we have two young people who were working on getting their studies. So they were doing something to, to get, I don't know, I believe it was their GED. That's been put out. So they're kind of just hanging at home. Um, but they're doing well. I mean, the, the wonderful thing about Asbury Park is that they have their own bedrooms. So they don't have to wear their masks all the time, like in the other, like in the crisis center. You know, they go to their room, they don't have to have their mask on. They're downstairs, uh, you know, when they're all together, they might have to wear them at that point. But overall, when they're alone in their own space, they're fine. And, and that's a good thing. Um, and there we also ran into the question of, okay, if one kid gets sick, what do we do? Uh, there was a, it was a lot easier because they have their own bedroom. You know, if we have to isolate somebody, they have their own space. Uh, so we were lucky in that aspect. 
uh, we have a program in Elizabeth for our moms and babies. I don't know if a lot of people know that. No, let us know uh, about it, that. Yeah, it used to be a convent, and it now houses uh, 12 young moms and their babies, or young moms who are getting ready to deliver their babies. So about mm, three weeks ago, one of the young ladies had to go into the hospital to deliver a beautiful, healthy baby girl. So in the middle of all this craziness, um, new life was brought into one of our shelters. Uh, mom and baby are doing great. Uh, and we have two more young ladies that are in the process of giving birth. Any, you know, One, I believe, is like within the next week or two. And then the other one is in June. So during all of this, there's some happiness and joy going on. Well, that, that's a great place. I love that house in Elizabeth. Um, you got these young moms and their cute little babies running around, and it's pretty special. That is awesome. Uh, and, and, and that program works like all the other ones. I mean, these girls, they're not they're moms, but they're still expected to be working towards their future. So they have to be looking for a job, making sure that they're getting their lives together so that they can move out and, and be independent. Um, so it's, it's a pretty tough program. I, I can't imagine being, you know, a young mom and not having any support and having to work that hard to be able to, you know, get my well, you're, life together. You're giving them that support. And like you said, you know, to do this with no support is, you know, uh, so the support that you're giving them is just invaluable. You can't you are, but as a mom, and moms will, will get this, you you want to go take a shower, you don't have anybody that you can say, here, watch my baby. He's got to go in with you. Um, yeah. You want to take a nap? You can't because you got your baby. And especially right now, there's no babysitting going on. Like, that's done. So these girls are 24-7 moms. Like, they're on all the time. There's no break for them. Uh, so that that's tough. That's really tough because before this whole thing got started, we would have like two days a week when we would have babysitting services. So somebody would come in and they would stay with the babies. The girls could go for a job interview or they could go get their groceries and not worry about the baby. That's not happening right now. Like they have that baby all the time. It's wow. not easy. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see, did we cover everything? I don't know. We talked, well, what are the other, so we talked a lot about Asbury Park because I love Asbury Park. Um, yep. my, my dear heart. Um, what about, um, we talked about Newark. We talked about, did, and you said the state of New Jersey had no COVID. So that must've included, can, um, uh, also? Yep, all our sites, all of your sites. So yeah. what are some of the other programs? So that like, we, I know that the homes in um, Asbury Park are called rites of passage. So that's after they're out of crisis and can kind of move, move to a place to start to get their life moving forward. Yep. So we have that. And then you have, I know there's other programs. What other programs does Covenant oh, So rites of passage, we also have some in Newark. So we have two houses in Newark that, that operate the same way. Uh, then we have a program in Montclair, which is our Nancy's Place program. Uh, that was started, ooh, I want to say maybe 12 years ago, around 12 years ago. Uh, that program houses eight young people, and this is for kids who have a mental illness. So kids who need a little more structure around their day. So it's, it's a beautiful place. It's a house. Every kid has his own bedroom. 
they do have to share bathrooms, uh, and then they have a common living space. So the way that the house operates is, you know, everybody's got jobs for the week. Somebody's responsible for taking out the trash. Somebody's responsible for cleaning the kitchen. Someone's responsible for cooking. And the idea is to teach them to be to, to be able to live on their own, take care of the house, and be in a setting where there's less people, it's more manageable, um, there's staff there 24-7 with them, um, but they're also working on their goals. So, you know, some kids, they they might be, instead of having a job, they're doing volunteer work, but they're encouraged to go out and do that volunteer work. Uh, so everybody's encouraged to be doing something because, again, they need to be able to move out and go into their own apartments and be, you know, self-sufficient, take care of themselves. Um, so that's a really great place in Montclair. Uh, and then we have another program called SAL, uh, Supportive Apartment Living. This is, um, they're like studio apartments, and these are for kids who are kind of already on their own, but they still needed some assistance with a place to live. So we have those under our care. And then we have all of the young people who move out into their own apartments, but they're still technically connected to us. They come to us for help with their leases. They come to us when, you know, they have an issue with a landlord. Um, you know, we're their family. They have really nobody else. The, the staff that was working with them day in, day out, that became their family. That's their go-to. So these kids kind of keep coming back um, for support. And we, we're there for them, especially at Christmas. Uh, Christmas time, we try to make sure that we include all of those young people in our in our plans. Um, so what are, I mean, I know I've heard from some of the clients that have come back or the kids that have not kids anymore and have come back and they've been really impressive stories. What is one of the um, most impressive, they're all successes when they finish the program and go out on their own and become great community citizens. What, um, but what are some of your favorite stories or one of your favorite stories since we're yeah. running out of the one that really pops to mind, it's a, he's a young man who's now mid-30s. He was part of Covenant House back when it first started in Newark. And he was there when Jim and Kevin Ryan were both working together in the Newark Crisis Center. Um, this young man, he was a troubled young man. Um, he was living at the shelter, but he was going to school. Um, he enrolled in college. He was, um, he had a mind for numbers, so he was great with numbers. And he graduated, he moved out on his own, and he now works for Port Authority. So he's got a great job with Port Authority. And for as long as I can remember, he, every morning, he comes into Newark, he parks his car in our lot, goes to work, comes back from, from work, goes inside the shelter, uh, plays basketball with the kids, spends time with them, um, and then he goes home to his own family. So awesome. He's just, I mean, we became part of his life. Like that's what he did. Um, and he's really, he stayed very connected to, to Kevin and to Jim um, and to the, the program. I mean, he's, he's there. He's one of us. I mean, we kind of look at him as staff member nowadays because he's, you know, he's there. Yeah. Um, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. But we have a lot of good stories. Um, you know, people who were in our program and came back as volunteers. 
you know, now they're in a place where they can give back. So they're donors, they're volunteers, um, they're connecting their companies to give to us through their uh, charitable giving uh, opportunities. We had a young lady who her company does a golf outing every year. Uh, she connected us to them to make sure that that one year we were the recipients of their funds for that golf outing. Uh, so it's, you know, it's pretty cool that they have that commitment and passion for our program. Yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. It's a nice place. <laughs> yeah, it's a, so, great, it's a great organization. We actually had another Asbury Park board member on our Facebook listening in. It was Marie. Marina Noglos was on with us. So, and, um, you know, who again has been phenomenal prior to even being on the board um, with her donations and care for Covenant House. So, yeah, shout Marie out to Marie. Has been knitting, Marie's been knitting scarves for our kids for as long as I can remember. And then every Christmas, <laughs> she made sure that statewide, every kid got a scarf. And statewide, you're talking well over 100, 150, right? Because you're 45 each house. She, each yeah, she did I mean, over 100 every year. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and they're beautiful. And the kids are so excited when they open them at Christmas. It's just, um, it, we've had kids who, who have been there for two Christmases. So they're expecting it. Like they yeah, know it's so they know it's coming. And yeah, and it's and they're beautiful and they're different every year, which is they're not just a scarf every year. There's something different every year. Yeah. So kudos to Marie and her knitting group and um, for doing that. Everybody helps in their own special way. It's pretty awesome. Um, you know, we had the luxury of helping with the individual rooms as well as um the outdoor um so sorry, i got distracted because my phone is ringing and it's the place where i got my um we got our antibody test so they're calling with the results and i can't answer it right now um so anyway <laughs> um, <laughs> you want to do that live <laughs> you know i don't think i do um i'll call them back when we're done um so anyway the we did the outside we did some lighting we were able to and we helped provide some stuff for the ribbon cutting um i would sit you know encourage anyone who wants to get involved to if you want to get involved um on the state level and anywhere that you live reach out to sue at covenant house um if you want to know what emac is doing to help covenant house which is one of our nonprofit members um as well as some of our other members reach out to us and um because we've you know we love helping our nonprofit members as well as all of our members so um we are all about helping all of our members so yeah. sue other than financially what other things can we do to help out um, I know that we can do the sleep out. Are you, are you looking for labor at the houses? Do you do that kind of stuff? Um, you know, throw some other things out to us that, that really we can do to help. Yep. So right now we've been pretty lucky where, well, one, we can't have anybody come into the houses. So there's no volunteering taking place at this point. Uh, we've been very lucky with people dropping off groceries at the houses. They go, they go to the store, they get a, an extra bag of, of groceries and they drop it off. We've had uh, Taste and Technique, which is a local place. One day they dropped off a, a meal kit for the kids to make at home and stay busy. We've had families who will cook an extra meal, um, like a lasagna or something, and they'll drop it off at the house so that the kids can just reheat it and, and have a meal. 
So we've been really lucky with those things. Uh, we did a small campaign where we needed um, uh, PlayStations, we needed jump ropes, we needed arts and crafts, and we had an Amazon list created and people went online and they all bought stuff and it was all delivered to the house just to keep the kids busy during these past few weeks. Uh, so we've been, I mean, that community down there has just been so supportive um, to a point where we actually had one volunteer call and say, I want to do something. I said, okay, how about you send pizza to the girls in, in Elizabeth, the moms and babies, send them some pizza, have, you know, give them a free night because the, the generosity from everyone has just really been amazing. So the kids are well fed, they have masks. Um, and once this whole thing is lifted, then we will start looking at volunteer opportunities and different things that we can do around the house. How will we find out about that when that happens? Uh, Jen is kind of my spokesperson with the, with the chamber. Okay. <laughs> She'll put it out there. I'll get out to take care of it. But, you, you know, I really, I recommend everybody visit our website, covenanthousenj.org. We have a ton of information on there, what we've been doing during COVID-19, uh, links to all our programs. Um, it actually, if you're a young person, it gives you video of our building so that the kids can see what the, the building looks like. Uh, there's a ton of good information on our website, and I really encourage everybody to visit and, um, and learn about all the different pieces that we do that way. Oh, it's been great. It's awesome. So thank you for, so uh, you know, Covenant House for everything that they do for the kids and our communities. Because guess what? If they're not being taken care of, we're not being taken care of. So thank you and thank you, Covenant House. Um, we are running out of time. We're at 10 o'clock right now. Um, so it's fast, it's I told you. Fast, right? Isn't it pretty cool? Um, keep an eye on what's going on with Covenant House. The Chamber, I want to say it again, we're here to support you. If you're struggling, if you've got something going on, you know, trying to figure out how to make something to work at home, uh, dealing with the government, give us a call, let us know what's going on. So, you know, let's see if we can help you out. Awesome. Thank you. And Thanks, I'll see you sleep out. Yes. Yeah. And yes, yeah, you will. Come to check out my Facebook page, Tim Davis, uh, and, you know, support our, uh, our team. It's also on our Facebook page, Eastern Montpelier Chamber of Commerce. Go up there and uh, contribute because we need to raise some money for you guys. Thank yeah. you so much. Cool. Thank you. I will. Uh, I'll be watching on the 18th. Awesome. Everyone should. Yeah. Okay. Everyone will be watching on the 18th. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, guys, and we will see you uh, in two Fridays. Um, and I think our guest on our next podcast is Eric Anderson, mayor of Shrewsbury, and an attorney used to dealing in um, crisis. So. Pretty awesome. And on Wednesday, the 20th, on Monday, the 11th, we have Tom Duffy on our EMAC connections. And on Wednesday, the 20th, we have Dan Simon, who will be talking about leadership um, in time of crisis. So anyway, thank you guys very much and have a great week. Thank you. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye.